So welcome, Jen, to the Full Circle podcast, Finding Your Way Home. Delighted to have you here. And we last saw each other when we was on our coach training retreat in Spain. I know. And we were in definitely, definitely less clothes than woolly jumpers, in, uh, woolly jumpers. in Spain. <laughs> but so glad you're here and delighted that we're going to be talking about helping others thrive with ADHD. Yes. So I know you have a diagnosis of ADHD. Mm-hmm. And we'll come to that a little bit later. But I thought what might be quite interesting is to maybe just kick off with you introducing yourself, telling us a little bit more about you. And then we can maybe rewind a little bit, hear a little bit more about your backstory. And, and then we can share a little bit more around what you're doing now as an ADHD coach. Okay, so thank you for having me. You're welcome. It's exciting to be here. <laughs> um, so me, who am I? I'm Jen. I am a coach. I am a mum of twins. I am an ADHDer, as you've mm-hmm. uh, said there at the beginning. I am also someone who loves to learn and someone who's kind of really fascinated in what makes people tick amongst, I'm sure, other mm-hmm. labels I can give myself. But yeah, that, okay. that rounds me up pretty All nicely. Right. So an ADHDer. Yes. Is that what we're calling it? Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> essentially someone who's diagnosed yeah. with ADHD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Now, how long ago did you get your diagnosis? It was near, well, it's nearly two years ago now. So beginning of 2022. Right. And how did that feel as an adult um, to get then diagnosed? Because I know, mm. the reason why I'm asking is because I know there's lots more and more people now as adults getting diagnosed, are seeing the recognising traits or signs that perhaps they might be neurodiverse and ADHD seems to be one of those things that a lot of people are getting diagnosed with at the moment. Absolutely. And especially women mm-hmm. are being late diagnosed, partly because it was thought that ADHD wasn't a female thing um, many years ago. I didn't so know that. Mm. only boys got diagnosed. And it was in the uh, early 90s, I think, that, that the first kind of mm. ADHD diagnosis came about. But it was thought um, to be just something that boys had and possibly grew out of. But... Um, as we know now, or some of us yes. know now, that that's not necessarily the case. So, um, yeah, how did I feel when I got a diagnosis? I think once I got a diagnosis, kind of the journey that led me to there, mm-hmm. it was a real mix of emotions. So there was a huge relief, a relief that I'd kind of got a reason mm-hmm. for what was happening or what I thought was was going on. Um, there was some sadness. I remember bursting into tears. I think that part of that was relief, but part of it was sadness. Part of it was, it was just such a mix, actually. Um, so kind of happy and sad mm. all at the same time. Um, but really, that was probably just the start yep. of the journey. Of the journey. So do you want to take us back a little bit then? Because obviously... Um, you didn't have that diagnosis many years ago. So, so tell me a little bit how life was for you then. I mean, you, everyone thinks their life is normal, don't they? <laughs> that you live in your own mind, in your own life, and that's just your normal. Um, there were things that would crop up as you get older, that um, little stumbling blocks, but no reason to, to ever suspect ADHD. I mean, it was never, ever on my radar. Um, where they even the idea came in and uh, I was going to ask you yeah I yeah. was going to ask you where, when did you decide that maybe you should get diagnosed this is quite a common story actually so it was because one of my children one of their teachers at school had brought it to my attention that they thought um, 
one of my children's challenges at school could have been related to ADHD. And again, that was a very mixed emotions moment. Mm -hmm. At first I was like, really? Okay, well, okay, I hadn't really thought about it and it, and it took a little bit of time to sink in. But um, basically that was the summer of 2021. And once I'd kind of taken in that information, I researched it like mad because I wanted to know what it meant. Because like a lot of people, we have a preconceived idea of what ADHD is. Exactly. And it's very limited to kind of maybe that naughty boy at school that couldn't sit still. And, and that's as far as it goes for a lot mm -hmm. of people. Um, and once you start reading and looking at the information about it and understanding it, you realize it's, it's a whole lot more mm -hmm. um, and, and not the preconceived ideas that most people have. So I researched like mad that summer. I kind of hyper-focused, which I now know is an ADHD trait yeah. on um, ADHD. And all these little light bulbs kept going off in my head. And a lot of them were like, okay, I understand my son. But also underneath that was, oh, I'm understanding myself a little bit more yeah. now too. So at first I was like, oh, maybe not, you know, maybe this is just coincidence. Maybe I'm reading so much about it. I'm convincing myself that, you know, this applies to me yes, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the light bulbs kept going and it kept getting louder and I couldn't kind of stay away from thinking, do you know what this is really resonating with me. Yeah. So I just then thought, gosh, I've really got to do something about this mm -hmm. and see if I'm A, going mad and just convincing myself of something, yeah. or actually could this be me too? Mm. And ADHD is kind of a hereditary thing. So if a child has got it, it's likely that, you know, it's the parent has, family. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, to cut kind of a long story short there, in early 2022, I got my diagnosis after just all that research and all mm. those light bulbs going off. So it's interesting because you're female and you said that actually there's a lot of diagnosis in female in particular, mm. although it was originally for uh, boys or mm. for men. Um, it's interesting though, because I was reading something recently um, around this topic and one of the, the books that I'd picked up and, and one of the experts had said that females in particular have a really good way of, of coping mm. and, and um, just moving through life. And, mm. and, and perhaps it's not as obvious because we're very good females at covering things up or, or kind of getting into a role or mm. yeah, kind of playing a role, so to speak. Yeah. Um, would you agree with that? I would, absolutely. I think as women, there are expectations of women from society, from parents, from friends, just all around us expectations of who we're meant to be and women are much better at kind of trying to squeeze themselves in to that space yep um and it, and it is a huge pressure for, a, for for most women um but if some of the traits of adhd kind of counterbalance those things um it's really difficult and 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 people stop masking mm. essentially stop being the person they think they should be and actually Rather, start to be who they are. Yeah, instead of being the person that they are. Um, so I think that's why there's a lot of women that have gone without a diagnosis, basically, yeah. for, for various reasons. And 
is it helpful to explain really what ADHD is? Because I know we're talking about it a I lot. I think that would be really good, yeah. So ADHD stands for Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, which is a lovely title <laughs> <laughs> and really doesn't explain what it is. No. I mean, I wouldn't like to call it a disorder and a lot of ADHDers don't like to call mm. it a disorder because it's more of a difference. Mm. Essentially, it's a brain difference. Um, there are three types of ADHD that you can be diagnosed with. Um, one's predominantly inattentive, one's predominantly hyperactive, and one's a combination of the two. Okay. So women, <laughs> There's a tendency to be more inattentive, but it really isn't exclusive. So what does to women. inattentive mean? So inattentive would show up more as forgetfulness, maybe not being quite as organized, maybe not being able to start things and take action, okay. even mm -hmm. though you want to and you know you need to. Um, the hyperactivity is probably what people most associate yeah. with ADHD, um, not being able to sit still um you know kind of fidgeting all the mm -hmm, time mm -hmm. i mean i can tell i'm swinging a little bit in this chair <laughs> um but hyperactivity also and especially in women is not always visible it can be an internal thing mm. so your mind is much more hyperactive and very 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 busy or it can show up instead of your you not being able to sit still in a chair, you might twiddle your hair or you might tap your foot or you might fiddle with a pen. How did you start to notice some of these things within yourself and, and what then, you know, how did it show up? Was it mm. kind of the, the first point, the inattentive? Was it the second or was it the mixture of, of, of mm. both, the hyperactivity? What, what came up for you that you noticed? I think there was a mixture and... Um, a lot of these traits or symptoms, everybody uses like different terminology of ADHD are very relatable mm. to everybody. Um, so if you're forgetful and maybe you lose your keys a lot, it doesn't necessarily mean you've got ADHD. Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. And people go, well, I do that and I do that and I yeah. twiddle my hair and I don't always take action. And that's true and that's why it's so difficult really to kind of wrap your own head around it yeah. because you'll talk yourself into that well everybody does that don't they mm -hmm. or everybody mm -hmm. does this but i think the difference with adhd is how often these things are coming right. up okay and whether they're having an impact on your life and how how were some of these behaviors having an impact on your life because you said obviously when you got diagnosed but it was the whole run-up to that mm. so 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 what was that about and what was that like for you so for me and for a lot of people, um, a lot of women especially who have been diagnosed later in life, it's said that they've often gone through three or four misdiagnoses of other things before. Um, and if you think about ADHD as an invisible disability, mm -hmm. if you don't know you've got it, there's this whole world of not knowing. But these things are showing up in your life. So we start to internalize all these messages which are often negative and it can often lead to mental health issues so yeah. a lot of women especially with adhd have been diagnosed with depression yeah. anxiety possibly bipolar eating disorders lots of yeah. other things that are a consequence of all these of just not knowing 
mm. basically, because you start to internalize, um, you know, if you're always forgetting something or um, you, you feel quite disorganized and you can't quite, you don't, don't feel like you're quite as organized as everybody else and you keep trying and you keep trying and no matter what you do, you start to kind of build up that negative mm. self-talk, mm. which then obviously leads to other. Yeah. And what was any of that showing up for you? Absolutely. Um, I'd been diagnosed with depression. I'd tried antidepressants. I'd tried counselling. And it never quite, mm. never quite worked, never quite sorted it all out. And that's often the case as well, because that wasn't the actual issue. It was a consequence to what was going on for me. Um, and some of the lesser known symptoms of ADHD, uh, a lot of emotional, mm -hmm. well, it's called emotional dysregulation, but that kind of being able to go from naught to 60, quick yeah. to anger, mm -hmm. quick, lots of emotions. Um, and also something called RSD, which stands for rejection, sensitivity, dysphoria. So it's kind of that feeling of rejection that we that we all get, but mm -hmm. it's intensified massively with ADHD. And we can feel it if it's real, but we can perceive it when it's not. Okay. So we can take things very much to heart, mm. internalize them. Um, and then, you know, these, these can lead to kind of that, again, negative self-talk and yeah. those depression or anxiety. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, you are feeling rejected by people when possibly that's not the case. And I can see how that can lead to those like more, like you said, like more depression or that anxiety or just maybe even sense of not really belonging. And Absolutely. That's and another one that, that comes up one? a lot where yeah. you don't mm -hmm. quite feel like you fit in. Yeah. You know, I, I've had lots of friends, but I might have always felt slightly on the edge of yeah. that circle mm -hmm. of friends mm -hmm. rather than, you know, I, I'm always on the outside looking in. And, the, and it's all these little things that added up to those little light bulbs going off in my head yep. that seemed very normal and insignificant and, and stuff that everybody does feel from time to time. Yep. But once I added them all up yeah. and realised the effect. Yeah, I can absolutely understand that. So obviously you got diagnosed in 2022, did you say? Mm -hmm. So obviously it's been a couple of years. That, well, yeah, a year beginning, and a bit. Of, yeah, yeah, beginning so, of 2022. Yeah. So just, just over a year and so forth. So, so what have you done or how is that? How's your, you know, how have you changed knowing what you know now? Because I think what I heard you say before was that, you know, we don't know what we don't know, right? Mm. And so therefore, you're kind of going around oblivious to 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 what's going, but knowing that there's something maybe not hundred percent right. So, so what's what's shifted for you? What's changed? So you get that diagnosis, and you think, oh, I've got that. There's the answer, and that's just the start. Mm -hmm. Because yes, you've got that diagnosis, but what does that mean? Mm -hmm. What does it mean? And at first, all you can see is all those ADHD traits. It's like somebody's just magnified them yeah. and they become all that you can see in your life. Um, and that's a little bit overwhelming. I was going to say that must be quite difficult because does it not then also potentially come some negative connotations as mm -hmm. well with all of that? Yeah, because especially if you're trying to describe um, ADHD to others like family members or friends and you're trying to explain what that means to you and it's very hard sometimes to mm. explain because it's very different for everybody um, and you often get that oh well I do that oh doesn't yeah. everybody do that and then you start thinking hang on a minute 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very common actually after diagnosis, even when you've got a diagnosis, is to think, oh, did I just say the right things to get a diagnosis? Mm-hmm. Have they, have I just convinced yeah. the psychiatrist that I've gone through all these things? And it takes a long time for it to sink in. So there's a lot of kind of relearning mm. and re reauthoring, as I call it, kind of nice. looking back at all the stories mm. that you've told yourself in the past that, oh, I'm rubbish at this, or I'm not so yeah. good at that, or why can't I just do this? And were those some of your messages? Lots of messages. Like what was that. the worst message that you gave yourself? I just didn't think I was good enough. Mm. I just thought I was always falling short slightly. And, you, you know, I'm in my mid-40s and it's a long time to be telling yourself those things. Do you feel the same way now? No. I mean, it's not gone overnight and it takes a lot. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I have a lot more compassion for myself now. And something that I've heard over and over, whether it's, you know, in a counselling session or from a friend, is that they used to say, you're so hard on yourself. Yeah. Um, because I'd just say all those negative things to myself and completely skip over mm-hmm. anything that was going well or that was positive, which again is very, very common. Yeah. So you don't feel maybe the same way now, but there's been a fair bit of work that you've been doing. So tell us a little bit more around that journey then of post-diagnosis and, and what are the things that you've tried to implement to support you moving forward? So one of the first things I found out about is um, ADHD coaching. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know much about it at the time. Um, but there's also something called access to work where you can get um, access to from free ADHD coaching. Brilliant. Um, so I applied for access to work and I phoned around lots of coaches. And there was one lady called Debs who I just knew she was going to be my coach. Mm-hmm. We had this connection and she just completely got me. And it was like the first time I'd ever been heard and seen. Mm. And gosh, it's making me emotional now. I can feel it actually. (laughs) Um, It was like, wow, somebody understands my brain, understands me and doesn't think that I'm broken. So yeah, getting an ADHD coach and learning through a different lens really looking back at my life through a different lens and looking at my life now through a different lens and it takes time and it takes practice um and a lot of tears and a bit of laughter and but you know that has been a huge thing Mm -hmm. for me i don't think i would have been in this place now if it hadn't have been for the coaching and so it feels to me then that was a big step a really important step for you to acknowledge where you were and to help you move forward with mm-hmm. that um, can, I don't know if this is appropriate but you know obviously um, do you believe that it's important for maybe we can come to this a little bit later but important for a coach to have ADHD to be an ADHD coach I think it's important for a coach to be informed about ADHD mm-hmm. I think it's a personal preference as t- to me I needed to find a coach who had ADHD yeah. mm-hmm. um, but for some people they don't feel that need yeah. but I think it's really important to, to have, have coaching through yeah. that lens mm-hmm. yeah so what were your outcomes from that experience then so at that point in my life I was going through transition about what I wanted to do mm-hmm. with my future 
I'd stepped away from um, a business that I'd had and was in that kind of transition stage of what is it that I want? So this all came at a time when I was kind of reassessing my mm -hmm. life anyway. Um, and as I was going through the coaching, I was like, do you know, I think this is what I want to do. I really do. I think the passion for kind of help, seeing the help that I'd got and how mm -hmm. powerful it was for me, I kind of wanted to help other people yep. have that experience too. And that's how we met. And that's how we met. <laughs> so obviously now, because um, I'm really keen to understand around the title of our, our conversation, which is really around helping others thrive mm -hmm. with ADHD. And mm -hmm. I know you're really passionate about working with women mm -hmm. in particular. Mm -hmm. So I wondered if you could share a little bit more around then that even obviously you've, you've journeyed to become a coach, mm -hmm. but now you're kind of finding your niche in ADHD. So tell us a little bit more about that work. and Yeah, so I've, I've done my coach training with mm -hmm. you, Gillian, um, which is all the kind of real fundamentals of coaching that are really, yeah. really important. Um, but I wanted to get that lens. I mean, I've got my own lens, but that is my personal sure. lens. And everyone's got a different experience with ADHD. There's obviously common things going on, but, you know, it's not that I can't expect that everyone is the same mm -hmm. as I am. So um, I undertook some training, some specific ADHD coach training with um, Katie and Alex, who have teamed up to do some uh, specific ADHD coaching mm -hmm. and kind of a real strength based approach, yeah. which I think is really important for ADHDers because we often don't know what our strengths are. We've kind of forgotten about them. So kind of doing the coaching and, and learning about it through that lens. I mean, to start the training, you have to kind of learn about your own ADHD with yeah. them too. Mm -hmm. And I thought I'd done a lot in my coaching. But there was more. <laughs> there was a lot more. <laughs> there was a lot more. Um, there was a whole group of us together, which was another lovely thing mm -hmm. to have maybe 12, 15 people, women with ADHD, all learning about themselves yeah. and the stories they've been telling themselves and like reauthoring and mm -hmm. that narrative yeah. um, and then seeing your own life through a new lens and then learning how to help others go through yeah. that process too. And what have you learned about yourself through this process? Because obviously you learn a lot through the general coach training side of things, but but this is this in particular, like you said you, you there was so much more that you learned about yourself. So what were the, the key learnings for you? So what I've learned is that I'm not my ADHD mm. and that you have to kind of untangle yourself from that being your core identity um, and that I'm now able to recognise my strengths <laughs> and mm -hmm. say them out loud and not cringe when I say them. Mm. Um, and also a lot of work on emotions and recognising because emotions play a huge part. Yeah in how your ADHD shows up. So kind of being able to really, as we call it in our in in that training, like get really granular about our emotions and yep. know what mm -hmm. they are. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that would be good advice for everybody though, right? Absolutely. I mean, to, to kind of get to know their emotions <laughs> and to really get granular with them because I think we don't often really understand why we feel the way that we feel. But I suppose with the ADHD on top of that, that could also be even more challenging, I suppose. Mm. So when you say that you've learned those things about yourself, do you feel you've still got more to learn? Is there more for you to learn? Absolutely. About your... I don't think we ever get to the mm -hmm. end of learning. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love learning. Mm -hmm. we, we do a bit of strength profiling um, 
And my number one strength apparently is love of learning. Yeah. But, you know, I, that would have never have been the case at school, mm -hmm. I don't think. But um, an important thing to say about ADHD and an ADHD brain, actually, is that we are very much interest-based. So you've got mm -hmm. a, a brain that's wired for interest yeah. rather than importance. That's it's not really that, interesting. Yeah, not, it's not that we can't do importance, yeah. but that's not where... Where you kind of lean towards. No. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what really stu struck out to me is when I learned that, you know, interest is all about feeling. So we're very led by the way we feel. And importance is more about thinking and is very much more in our heads. Mm -hmm. So ADHD is whether you realize it or not, you know, whatever you're feeling. So they talk about dopamine hits. Yeah. But it, it, you know, it's not always a positive emotion that no. you're drawn to, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. there's an emotion involved, which yeah. is why the interest. And, and if you're interested in something, which, you know, this is something I'm passionate about, then you want to learn more and more. And I think there's still a, a lot to learn. Yeah. And it's also not a linear process. Of course, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. you learn and you think, oh, I've cracked that. And then, you know, else, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and especially with ADHD, it's never a linear process. It's ups and downs mm -hmm. and but you just keep going basically yeah absolutely no and so that sense of thriving then i mean it's gonna ask you kind of a direct question would you say that you're thriving now i would say i'm definitely on the way on the way okay <laughs> i'm thriving much more than i used to be yeah and i think again I, i've just caught myself there kind of you don't always recognize how far you've come mm -hmm. um and do that kind of refl reflection and I've come an enormous way and I do think I'm thriving more, but you know, I think that there's more to come. And so how are you planning on then helping others thrive? I'm now trained as an ADHD coach. Mm -hmm. So with that kind of strength-based um, ADHD coaching, it's about really seeing your life through a different lens and untangling mm -hmm. that ADHD from your core identity. Yeah. Um, empowering people to kind of work with their strengths so that they can embrace who they are and not who they think they should be mm. really because what struck me about this conversation so with well, lots of things have really um resonated with me but in particular the fact that actually you're able to reauthor and to see things through a different lens mm. now which i think feels quite important mm. um for you but also important i would imagine for, for many others who are listening as well Absolutely. I think it, it, it's so important because we've all told ourselves stories throughout mm -hmm. our lives. And if they are particularly negative, then we need to do that reauthoring, but we need to do it compassionately yeah. with ourselves. Um, and going through this training with lots of other women, especially, I think we've all reauthored mm -hmm. uh, and we're still reauthoring, yeah. you know, it is a process. And I'm sure that will continue, like you say, to evolve and, and you'll evolve and the learning and the awareness will deepen and all those kind of things. But what would you say when you look back on your journey so far has been your real kind of, I don't know, your kind of, you know, your kind of thingy in the stand, stick in the sand, whatever you call it, that, you know, has made you think, whoa, I've got this now, I get it. Gosh, there's lots of little moments where you don't catch yourself going down that road that you used to of the negative self-talk. There are lots of little moments that come up, but is there a is there a is there a standout moment maybe? Um, 
I think it's when you catch yourself reacting in a totally different way than you used to do. Um, And, you know, that comes with knowing your emotions a little bit more and and something I've learned, um, we learned something called a systematic pause. Mm. Um, And ADHDs don't often do a pause. And it's really about kind of, I mean, in the moment, ideally, but not necessarily in the moment, but, you know, even after the moment, kind of really stopping, seeing what's happened through Mm -hmm. a different lens, knowing what the emotions are to be able to know what you need. So, yeah, kind of my reaction to things. Mm. And it feels to me that there's much more kind of that kind of conscious awareness. Mm. Like you said, it might not be immediate in the moment, but Mm. it could be in the moment, but it it could also then happen, like you said that. But it also feels like there's that reflective response. Mm. Yeah. But what I'm also hearing is non-judgment and that compassion is what you said before. Yeah, I think actually that is a key thing. That compassion that I didn't have Mm. before. Um, I can't remember like being as kind to myself. Mm. Um, So now when I do something or I make a mistake or I handle something in the way I didn't want to handle it, what do you, not so hard. I'm so, myself. what do you say to yourself now? Then instead, I mean, I'm sure it will differ depending on the circumstance. But what's yeah. the kind of general theme that comes comes to mind now? I think it it kind of goes through that lens very quickly through my brain, and I I see see it for what it is. Mm. I don't that's see it as part of me. Mm-hmm. I see it as okay. That's why that's happened. Okay. So more object more objective. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe more observant rather than blaming and... Yeah, it's kind of taking that kind of higher up view, yeah, isn't yeah. it? And looking mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. and not and, and, and not instantly feeling like it's a, a failure of yourself, sure. but just one of those things Amazing. and then moving on from it. And so that feels lighter. It does. And like you said, more compassionate, maybe mm. even more forgiving of oneself. Absolutely. Because it takes a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. To beat yourself up. It does. It's a lot harder, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it sounds like there's been loads of really good learning mm. along the way. Mm. Um, what advice, if any, could you share with our listeners and people who are watching this, you know, um, just in general, first of all, around ADHD? Well, I mean, you might be listening and think it's something that's been playing in your mm. mind is it me? Is it not me? Do I have ADHD? Do I not have ADHD? I think if you are having those light bulb moments go off in your mind, then seek a diagnosis. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that is not necessarily an easy thing. There are huge weights on the NHS now. Mm -hmm. Not everybody can, you know, pay to get a private uh, diagnosis if they want something speedy. Um, But if you are pretty sure that's you don't wait to get that diagnosis to start looking into it and doing that work um adhd coaching is available through access to work Mm -hmm. with or without a diagnosis so you can start your process whilst you're on that kind of journey isn't it yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah because sometimes we wait we like i need that label before i can start but that could take time so you know, reach out to whoever you can. I think it's really important to to get that help. So what struck me also around some of the things that you've learned and shared so far was around the 
not being defined by the label or by mm -hmm. the diagnosis. So I'm curious around what else you could share to our listeners that might be useful mm. around going beyond the label. Yeah, and it's really hard at first to kind of, you know, do that reauthoring mm -hmm. and, and, and untangle yourself from it. And it isn't an easy process, but I just mentioned before that kind of systematic pause. Um, and it's really important to us, for us to be able to stop sometimes yeah. because with ADHD, you often just keep going, keep going, keep going. There's no self-reflection that you just haven't got the time or the space to do it. So trying to get it in and, it, and it, that word pause can be used as an acronym. So the P is to initially pause yeah. and kind of stop and look at the situation. Um, the A is to add some oxygen. So kind of just breathe. Yeah. Um, the U is to kind of understand through the ADHD lens. Now, you know, that takes a bit of practice, but mm -hmm. kind of going, okay, is this me? Is this ADHD? What's happening right yeah. now? Mm -hmm. um, the S is to kind of for soothe, basically. Yes. So we talk about love bombing ourselves and that's that self-compassion. <laughs> I quite like that. <laughs> like trying to say, okay, this is not me, you know, yeah. you know, list mm -hmm. your strengths, find something good to say about yourself yeah. rather than the negative. And then that E on the pause is for the emotion. So find out what's underneath that initial emotion. I mean, yeah. I have an emotions wheel next to me at most points of the day. Right. Um, and anyone can kind of Google and find one of those emotion mm -hmm. wheels. Um, if you feel anger, what is underneath? Yeah. Are you frustrated? Have you not been heard? Are you just feeling overwhelmed? Because once you know what the, the real emotion is, then you know what you might mm. need. Mm -hmm. You can look for what you need to help. And I think yeah. that's a really good starting point to try and do that. Yeah. So it feels like you said the pause is really important. Yeah. And actually, in a sense, kind of zoom out a little bit mm. to actually see what's going on. Mm. Take a moment, give yourself some positive affirmation or acknowledge mm. yourself in a positive way to then be able to move forward and with, with that deeper understanding. And if you if you can't do it every time and we can't do it in the moment and many of us can't you know even after a moment yeah. use that mm -hmm. time um in any order because adhd is don't like necessarily doing things no. in order <laughs> you but can mix so, it up but that's okay but right it doesn't have to be it's so all it doesn't okay. have to be in that kind of linear order but no. it feels like that's quite an important piece to share i think so i think it really is i think we can just keep going adhds are often burnt out mm -hmm. and can reach that point yeah. numerous times in their life yeah. and we don't know when to stop and some no. we, we've got to we've got to put that in sometime and I suppose that's why looking after yourself is quite important yeah because even that just the pause feels like that's actually a a, a kind of a, a well-being approach yeah. to understanding and managing your own emotions mm. absolutely so just before we start to wrap up because obviously part of this is to understand a little bit more around wellness as a whole but it feels mm. like what you've shared today is 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 a really good way of helping somebody manage their mental mm. health, some of the mental health challenges. But also, like you said, that diagnosis can be such actually liberating in many yes. ways. Yes. And freeing. Yeah. Um, and, and really changing that negative self-talk into something much more positive mm. and much more reaffirming. Yeah. And soothing, as you described, love bombing. Mm. <laughs> so what else do you do to look after yourself? to make sure that you can stay on track and various things and I I interchange them so I don't always do one of my one of my things I always say is I'm consistently inconsistent <laughs> um 
So I've done lots of running in the past. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, I will go for a walk. I've got a dog and I love to go for a walk with my dog. Um, there's loads of things that you can do that we all know about wellness. There's meditation, there's, you know, there's yoga, there's all sorts of things. But what I would say is that everyone just has to find their own thing. Yeah. Because like I said, that kind of interest-based brain, if you're not interested and you're just doing it just because you're supposed it, to do yeah. it, and that's mm -hmm. the same for anyone, yeah, isn't of course, it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We will do it for a couple of weeks and stop. Um, but if you do stop, find something else, do yeah. something else. It doesn't mean to say that you failed. It's just that this might not just be hold that interest. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's important to keep moving. Mm. You know, I go through points where I don't do it and I notice the difference. Right. Um, you know, the usual things of eating well if you can, but be kind to yourself if you don't do those things mm -hmm. sometimes. It's mm -hmm. fine. But you'll start to see that when you do do them. Yeah that maybe your um, traits that come up, come up less pronounced. Yes. So where can people get hold of you and find out more about your coaching and what you offer and how you can help people thrive? Okay, so I'm currently doing one-to-one -one coaching mm -hmm. and hopefully soon want to do some small group coaching as well, because mm -hmm. I think it's really important yeah. for ADHD to connect with yeah, other people. Nice. Um, so I am Think Space ADHD Coaching and you can find me at Think Space Coaching. .co.uk. That's lovely. Well, thank you, Jen. What an amazing conversation. And thank, thank you so you. much for sharing your own journey with us today. Thank you, Gillian. What an amazing conversation we've had there with Jen. And what struck me about the conversation was her real honesty and vulnerability around how it felt once she'd been diagnosed with ADHD, but also how now she's using that to help other women thrive in their life. I loved the way that Jen expressed how she was not going to be defined by the diagnosis and by the label of ADHD and more than anything else about how she could learn herself to overcome her own obstacles, her own narrative and to self-author, meaning that at any point she can turn over the page and she can start to write a new chapter in her life and how she feels about herself. Well-being, self-care, and compassion and kindness are some of the key things that Jen has learned on her journey. And although we may not have ADHD, I think these are some important lessons here that Jen has shared that we can all learn from and take back into our own lives so that we can live a vibrant, healthy and happy life.